I want to take your attention to it. And this is why the reason behind I'm doing my church is, uh, you know, as the onset of the year, as we move forward, I want people to understand there are a few things that stand out through the ministries of Zion Church. And everything that we do as a member of the church, whenever I visit families and their new families and we take them through the, you know, you know, new member orientation, we sit down, we talk to them about the church. These are some of the things that I tell our church. These are a few things I want them to understand as they journey along with our church. And this is something that is lived beyond the four walls of this church. Hey, church was never a building. Church was the people within the house. It is the people seated in this house when Jesus said you know what I will build my church and the gates of hell will never prevail over it he was talking about you and me he was talking about the people that he has blood washed and purchased with a price and he said I'm gonna build my church on these people and my kingdom will establish be established through the people that God has brought together are you with me church so the church is not this building I am thankful that we have a wonderful building that God has given and more things to go more things to be accomplished this coming year and going forward but hey listen things but this building might change structure might change but people it is us that the church that God has called us to it doesn't matter not just that Jesus does not come came only for the Jewish people Jesus did not come only for the South Indian Jesus did not come for only the North Indian Jesus came for the whole world No matter what color, what tribe, what kind of clothing people wear, wherever they were at in life's journey. But Jesus came for every single one of us. And that is the blessed hope we have in Christ Jesus. Week one, we looked into being passionate about the things of God through our ministry team, through our social posts, whatever engagements that we do throughout the week and the year. You know, we want to make sure that people understand, hey, this, you know what, this church is passionate about God we don't miss our Sunday services we don't miss our services we don't miss meeting with people we don't miss our small groups we don't miss any of these activities why because we are passionate about the things of God you know whatever things you're passionate about you put your time to it I am passionate about this house I am passionate about the the people that I get to work with and each of our ministry teams we are passionate about the things of God week two I am passionate about the that 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 this house is known as the house of prayer Every time we have a need, we bring it to God's house. These doors, these doors are open and people come in and pray here. Why? Because this is a house of prayer. Are you with me, church? Praise the Lord. It's good that we pray in our houses, but it's great if we come to God's house and we pray because we give this place a reverent, a reverence to this place because this place houses the presence of God. People gather together. Today, today, I want to take our church's attention into another aspect of my church is known and called to serve. Called to serve. Praise the Lord. You want me to pull the pulpit? Okay, is this good? Thank you. My church is called to serve. And that's something that I want people to notice And it must stand out in everything that we do as a church. God has called us to serve him. What is our Sunday morning? What we call this Sunday morning service. Are you with me church? Why do we call it Sunday morning service? Praise the Lord. 
We go to a restaurant and you see a waiter, uh, somebody who is serving you, come and ask you, sir, what can, you, what can I give it to you? What can I give? What can I offer? You sit in a restaurant for 30 minutes and nobody comes. You're like, I'm checking out. I can't be in this place any longer. Because you go to a restaurant and the next thing that you have in your mind is that somebody will come and ask you, sir, what can I get you? What can I do for you? What, you are, what do you need? What can I offer? Are you with me, church? Sunday, we call this Sunday morning service. And not just at Zion, but every church around the world calls it Sunday morning service, Wednesday night service. Why? Because I believe a body of brothers and sisters come here where we serve one another. Praise the Lord. You go to a restaurant and nobody serves you. You walk out of this place and I pray that this is something that people outside who watches us in our jobs, in our schools, in our, in our workplaces and outside as you are the light of Jesus Christ. I pray that people notice that you are here to serve. My church is called to serve. This church has been in this area for the last 12 plus years. In Richardson. I am trying to and I am partnering with the local Richardson ISD and, and, and places here with nonprofit organizations, uh, uh, the city leaders here, where I want to make an influence here. I want our church to make an influence in this place. And you look around in our building, we have people from every part of the world, every, every state and, and, and people when they gather together. I want the city to notice, hey, you know what? There might be a lot of churches, there might be a lot of organizations, but this church, there's something different about this. They are called to serve. Are you with me, church? I want people to notice this. I want everybody to understand this when they walk into this space that, hey, you know what? There are a bunch of leaders in this group. They're called to serve. Praise the Lord. Listen, a good measure of our spiritual health is a depth of concern for other people. Listen to this very carefully. A, a good measure of our spiritual health is the depth of concern for other people. It's not just when we come here and sing and loud voices we pray, which is all good, but a deep concern for other people and their well-being. I pray that this is something Jesus carried himself and he taught his disciples. And I pray that we will catch it. We will carry it as the DNA of our church that I am called to serve because I am concerned about other people. How many of you are really concerned about other people? That you're concerned about the people seated here? You're concerned about the family members? When somebody, and I'm sure this church can, does it. And I pray that we will continue to do it. We call upon people to a place that we annoy them. Hey brother, how are you doing? I didn't see you at church. Brother, two weeks, I didn't see you at church. Are you doing okay? Like, is everything okay with you? I pray that we will continue the work. I have a lot of our families who, who do that. Good. Let's do it continuously. Because I'm concerned about the well-being of people. And not just people within this house. You know, every individual seated in this room, God has already placed a circle of influence around you. I cannot influence the people God has put around you. Only you can. Are you with me? The candle in my house will not give light to your house. That's meant to be in my house. The places where God takes you, that's the area He's positioned you to serve. And I can't do what you are called to do, brother. You are called to do and make an influence in the area where God is taking you. I am called to serve. 
My church is called to serve. Hallelujah. Praise God. I am so happy. Yesterday night, we had a very beautiful business meeting. And this place was, I'm so thankful for the people that joined together. Thank you. And yesterday, the business meeting, as we were leading, reading out the numbers, you know, I'm so happy to notice around 17% of our annual income, 16 or 17% of our annual income, we give away for missions, which was great. It's a great start for our church. And we've been doing this for many years. But I pray those numbers are going up again. Close to 40, 45,000 were given away in missions all around. I am good that those numbers were read out yesterday, but I'm here to declare going forward, we will do much more greater than what's happened in the last year. Are you with me, church? I am called to serve. Why? Because I am the body of Christ. When one part of the body hurts, the whole part feels the pain. Our call to become like Christ is a call to serve the people around us listen to this very carefully if you're writing it down i cannot do and a lot of people complain about this listen i cannot do all the good that the world needs i read it somewhere and i wrote it down so that i don't miss it i cannot do all the good that the world needs but the world needs all the good that i can do praise the lord i cannot do everything i cannot make everybody happy but i can do a little bit and little things matter in God's house. Little things matter in God's kingdom. Some people come up to me and say, Pastor, I'm called to serve. Good. What are you doing? Serving is not just holding a microphone and standing on the pulpit. Serving is in all areas, even when people are not noticing us. What are we doing? Are you with me, church? You don't need a microphone and a pulpit to serve. God has already positioned us in a place where we can give out. If you see people who are broken, who need, you, you know, in, in somebody's hungry, you don't share gospel with them. You give them food. But at that moment, that's the only gospel they understand, the gospel of love and care and concern. Praise the Lord. I had a really wonderful sister in our church and she came back after an evangelistic ministry. She said, Pastor, we went into this neighborhood. There were no, you know, we were in the slums and, uh, you know, people were hungry, but we prayed with them. I said, Sister, stop your prayer. Give them food. Are you with me, church? When people are hungry and thirsty, give them what they need at that moment because that's how they understand every single written word in God's scriptures. I pray when people notice Zion Church on all platforms and ministries of our house, I pray that people see this house is called to serve. And I pray, God, family, this is my church. This is God's house. My church is known to serve. My house is known to serve. Let's look into scriptures here. As we look into uh, one of the scriptures, before I share that, a few months ago, we were um, hosting a family in our house. And uh, as we were hosting a family, I was working in the hospital. I finished my, um, uh, uh, my work. And as I was coming by, there's another family who called me. And I had to drop in and I had to pray for them uh, and then head back home. And, but we already had made plans about another family visiting us for dinner that evening. And Anisha is calling me, where are you? What? We, you know, you call people at home and you are not here. This is so rude. You need to 
to be here. I'm like, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Hold on. But I need to just finish up this prayer. So I went, finished up the prayer, came back like 15, 20 minutes late. I came back. And as, as I, I was talking to this family, I was like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I was at work. I had to finish up all of that. I came back home and all that. Josiah decided to pitch into the conversation. You know, you, you know moments when you don't want your children to talk and that's when they decide to talk and they will embarrass you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Like, you know, when our families come, we try to hide things away in closets. We try to hide things away under the couch. We know families are coming and that's when our kids will pull out. Oh, dad, you didn't clean this house. Let's take it out. You know, like they display it to everybody's notice. Young families who don't have kids, good luck. But Josiah decided to pitch into the conversation. He said, this is how he said, Dada is always working. He is always working. Dad is always working. And the other family is like, Pastor, you need to spend some time at home. I was embarrassed. I'm like, yeah, I agree. Josiah, please keep quiet. Go to your room. That makes me ask my church a question today. What are you? always doing if somebody notices you if somebody talks about you in a, any conversation what is that one thing people notice about you and ask what are you always doing that brother is always encouraging or that sister is always complaining this brother is always on instagram what is that one thing that you're always known to do? Listen to this. In um, Acts chapter 9 verse 36. Acts chapter 9 verse 36. I'm going to read the scripture here. Acts chapter 9 verse 36. It says, in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name meant uh, Dorcas. It says, she was always doing good and helping the poor that's how the bible records and i believe every single word given in the scriptures here is something for us to follow and understand dorcas or tabitha the bible mentions she was always doing good and helping the poor are you with me church i'm only a lady what can i do people don't consider me I'm not of any value. But hey, for Tabitha, things were different. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. People recognize your gift or not. What matters the most is if you have a heart to serve, you will always keep doing the thing that you're called to do. Tabitha found her place of influence in Bible records in 936 Acts. In Joppa, there was this lady called Tabitha. She was found serving people always. One day she died. One day she died to a point where heaven decided, you know what? There is more good that you have to do in your surrounding. So I'm sending my disciple Peter and Peter rose her up back again. Are you with me church? Heaven was like, hey, you know what? I need Tabitha to be in Jerusalem. I need Tabitha to be in Israel. I need Tabitha to be in the world a little longer because I want her to do the good work that only she can do. I need Peter. Peter go and raise her up to death. They raise it up now from death. Are you with me, church? Are you following what I'm saying? Tabitha was found doing the things to help the people around her like she's always doing it. What a beautiful scripture here. Listen. 
we live in a world that is always thinking about us. A self-centered world. If you go on YouTube or Google it, in order to self-promote you, you will see a lot of steps. Seven steps, 14 steps. You know, and, and Forbes came up with a statistic and they said, that's the number one Googled by any business organization, how to promote your business. And they have put out, you know, different um, uh, uh, steps to accomplish, to promote yourself. We, we live in a world where we want to promote ourselves. We live in a world where we want to see, and, and today a lot of uh, Gen Z's in the house, you know, and people say millennials or Gen Z don't want to work, they just want to be on YouTube on TikTok and social media, and they make more money than anybody else put together 80 hours of work. We want to promote ourselves. That's the kind of world we live in today. But hey, in order for you to serve or being in a service industry that the church is known to be at, you have to forget and crucify yourself. Forget and crucify yourself to become selfless in doing the things God has asked us to do. I am thankful we have a platform to do it. My worship team in this room, it's great that we gather up on stage, we sing songs, but serving God is beyond that. My pastoral team, is great that we have a platform to preach out the message of the gospel, but it is beyond that. It's to serve people. I was hungry. Did you feed me? I was naked. Did you clothe me? What are the areas that we can see that we can serve the body of Christ? And whenever I talk about the body of Christ, it's great that we come into the conclusion that this whole thing here in God's house right now is a body of Christ, which is great. But God loves people inside and outside as well. Every single person that is not in any church today, Jesus loves them more, loves them deeper, and that's the one lost sheep that Jesus has gone after, not the 99 that was seated here. Now I pray we will have the mindset of Christ when we are called to serve. I need some people to encourage in, 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 in the ongoing year that, hey, pastor, you know what? We can support that ministry together. We can, we can go out and serve in that community, those homeless shelters. Let's do it together. I am thankful for people in this building already helping us with that. But this coming year, I want our church to stand out in the ways that we are called to serve. Praise the Lord. You know what? Everybody wants to be great in whatever we do. And people want to self-promote themselves so that they are the greatest. And in, in today's terminology, I have heard a lot of our young people say, hey, he's the goat. G-O-A-T. He's the goat. What does it mean? Some people help me understand. Christian, what does it mean? Greatest of all time. He's the greatest, oh man, he is the goat of music. He's the goat in playing key, whatever. He's the greatest of all time. That's the, 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 that's the slang that they use in today's generation. He's the goat. Wonderful. The way you become great in God's house is by serving people. Matthew chapter 2 verse 11, the greatest among you will be your servant. And in today, nobody wants to call anybody a servant. No, you, I don't, I'm, I'm the king. I'm a servant. I can't serve. 
I'm a king. I cannot serve. Listen. A servant will always serve. Any person who serves is a servant. A servant will always serve no matter what the conditions are. As a church, every single brother, sister, family gathered in this room, we are called to serve. And that is why we call this a Sunday morning service. You know, there are people who come up to me and like, you know what, I'm not blessed by the church. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not getting what, there's, there's somebody, some people who say, I'm not getting what I need to get. I'm not getting it, you know. You know why? Because you come here to get. And all of us, we have that mindset, you know what, I want to go to church because I want to get something out of it. No, change the conversation. You change the sentence there. I am going to church because I want to give. Because this is called a Sunday morning service. We come here to serve. My house will be called a house of prayer. I'm here to pray for one another. I'm called to serve people. Listen. Two things that I want to mention. There might be a lot of things, but two things that I want to I want you all to take it home and meditate on it. And as you, thank you, Pastor Linu, uh, as you listen to this, two things that I want to mention is, number one, carry a basket. Number one, simple thing, carry a basket. The way you serve is, in God's house, carry a basket. Listen, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 17 to 18. One day, Jesse said to David, take this basket of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers. Verse 18, see how your brothers are getting along and bring back the report on how they are doing. But mind you, as you read this, we always know and understand that David in the Bible, we know that he's known as a giant slayer. We know that he killed Goliath. We know about the great uh, uh, accomplishments in war that David has accomplished. In chapter 16, David was anointed and appointed as the new future king of Israel. A young shepherd boy in the jungles of Israel and he comes out and he's anointed, appointed as a new king of Israel. But in 17, his dad calls him and says, you know what? I want you to go carry a basket, check on your brothers, give them some food. Give them some, some food. And if it was you and me, we'll be like, hey, dad, you know what? I am the king. They just made me king of Israel. I'm the new appointed king. How do you ask me to go and serve? Dad, you don't know I'm the, I'm the king. Look at me now. I'm the king. How can I do this? But the way you serve, and that's where God saw David's heart. The way you serve, brother, he said you carry the basket no matter, no what, no matter what circumstances people are at. You carry the basket. God made a lot of promises about David and his family because God saw his heart to serve. He did not run away from challenges. He did not run away from struggles. He did not run away from the, 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 the land of war. But he went there carrying a basket for his own brothers. Carrying a basket for his own brothers. And sometimes when we ask things to do, our ego kicks in, our, our status kicks in, our influence kicks in. And we're like, you know, I can't do that. I, no, God, you know, you give me something, something else. You give me something else, but I cannot do that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you with me, church? You know, I was hearing uh, the church that I grew up uh, uh, <clears throat> is a large church right now. 
probably close to 25, 30,000 people that gather in the church. Uh, one of our pastors from the church was sharing this, and even, even the present church, my home church, Tabernacle, the, the people that come to serve within the church, there are people who work in the corporate offices, right? But there's one sister that I heard about this story. She is the captain of uh, airline industry, one of the captains in the airline industry. She she, she's a pilot. She flies an uh, airplane. She came to the pastoral team and said, Pastor, I want to serve within God's house. I want to serve in God's house. And the pastor said, hey, you know, and the pastor was like, you know, sister, um, I'll let me put you in some position. And she said, no, I want to serve in the janitorial team. I will be the one to take care of the toilets in the house of God. You see the conversation? Serving is not always on the platform. Nobody sees when you are carrying a basket, going to feed your brothers who are actually in the war. The way you win your war is the way you carry your basket. Are you with me? Just the next scripture is down. You see how dramatically now David is challenging Goliath, but it did not happen overnight. The way you win your war is by carrying your basket to someone who might have put you down, who might have talked against you. Brother and sister, serve like you've never been hurt. Let me repeat that. Serve like you've never been hurt. In a church life, we have families from all over. We have cultural differences. We have families from North India, South India, South Asia. We have families from who grew up right here in the U.S. We have families who look different than who I am. And we have families from all over. I'm thankful for God's house. But when we all gather together, listen, there are going to be cultural differences. There are going to be issues that, you know, we won't understand. You know what? I'm not eating that food because it's South Indian. I don't like dosa and chicken. I don't like that because that's different. That's something else that I didn't grow up with. But brother and sister, this is God's house. We are brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, called to serve one another. And when we come together as the body of Christ, always remember this, the way you win your battle is by carrying your basket. David won Goliath, and I believe he won Goliath the moment he set out from his house, carrying the basket. Not when you see, them, see him in the wilderness fighting Fighting Goliath. Of course, all of the dramatic history and God was with him. But I believe he won his battle the moment he set out carrying a basket. What are you carrying to church today? What are you carrying to your workspace today? What are you carrying to meet with your brothers and sisters, your relatives? What are you carrying to serve? It's hard. Doing life with people, it's, it might be hard. But what are you carrying? What are you carrying? A basket. The way... David won his battle by wise serving. Listen, in the kingdom of God, little things are big things. The small little things are big things in God's house. The small little things. Every single step is honored by God. I may not be able to see everything. The leadership here or, or the church family, we may not be able to see it, but every single thing. You know, what? You know, I'm gonna, not going to call out, but let me call it. I'm so thankful for Brother James here in our house today. A lot of things, you know, even without being asked, he would come during the week, 
fixing up stuff here. I'm, even without being asked, he would do what is needful. He walks around, cleans this place and all of that. Can we put our hands together for Brother James? I just want to take this moment to honor him. And I'm praying that we will catch up to it. That God has called me to serve in God's house. So that when his people come here, they find this place, a place of honor. Find this place, a place of worship. Find this house, a house of prayer. The second thing I want to mention, you serve God by serving others. You serve God by serving. Pastor, I want to serve God. I want to serve God. Brother, are you serving your family members? I want to serve God. Are you helping out your mom? Uh-uh. <clears throat> Pastor, I want to serve. Yes, but what are you doing to take care of your own house? Are you serving there? Pastor, I want to serve. Brother, service starts in your home, your neighborhood, your circle of influence. I want to serve. I am thankful for the serve team we have at church. Every weekend, every week, they come in to do things. The AV, the media, the pastoral. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you for all the work you do. The way you serve God is by the way you serve others. When you become selfless, you think about others. The priority of Christian life is to think about others. For God so loved the world that he did not keep his son to himself, but he sent his son. We talk about love in our church. Love is about sacrifices. What can I do to gain that one family in Christ? Love is about serving the house of God is about serving. Number two that I want to talk to you about here is the first thing was carry a basket. Second thing is carry a towel. Carry a towel. Listen, John chapter 13, verse 4 to 5. John chapter 13, verse 4 to 5. So he got up from his meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped around a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. We all know the story. We all know the story. But listen, this is Jesus sitting at the table with his disciples. One of the last meals he's going to have with his beloved disciples. But Jesus, in the midst of his conversation, wanted to teach his disciples about serving people. And he got up. He took the towel, tied it around his waist, and he started washing the feet of his disciples. The dirty, crusty, smelly feet of his disciples while they were eating their meal. Have you been at dinner places where somebody removes their shoes and their socks have not been cleaned for many, many months and they continue to wear that, but when they remove their socks, it smells and you're sitting around the dinner table and you're like, I need to go now. I can't sit here. This is Jesus sitting at the table with his beloved disciples. With his disciples who chose to stay around Jesus for so many years, but also these are the same disciples like in matter of time are going to leave Jesus. Matter of time, there's one in the monk, one among them who's going to betray Jesus. He chose to wash their feet, their dirty feet. They've been to places, they've been to nasty areas. 
They've been to places and their feet, there's no pedicure there. It's bad. But Jesus decided to stop the meal, take the towel, put it around his waist and wash and cleanse the disciples' feet. King of the universe, the architect of the world we live in, by his words, everything that moves around was seen to be created. The all-knowing superpower, name above all other names, the leader that everybody wanted to kill, got up from the meal table, decided to wash the feet of his disciples. I pray, if we gather in God's house to worship Jesus, I don't want people to misunderstand this. Let's all look like Jesus. Let's look like Jesus. That's the call of humanity. That's the call for God's house. Let's look like Jesus. He got up. He decided to wash the dirty feet of his disciples. It's easier when you're washing the hands of some people. It's easier because you always try to keep your hands clean. If you're washing their face, this is, this is good. But in order for Jesus... The creator, the architect, the alpha and the omega, the all-knowing superpower name that the world has ever seen. In order for him to wash the feet of his disciples, the disciples did not raise their foot up and keep their legs on the table. You know what Jesus had to do? He had to bend down on his knees. He had to go down on his knees. Take the feet, the rusty, crusty Feet, the ugly, the smelly feet of his disciples. He took that. He washed it. He wiped it clean. Brothers and sisters, this is how God said, I will build my church. This is why he said, and people who understand the truth behind it, this is the house that God was saying, I'm going to build and the gates of hell the reason why he said the gates of hell will not prevail over it is when we understand that every single one here, we are the parcel and the partakers in the work of God's kingdom. If we get the attitude of serving one another. Pastor, I cannot work with that family. They're messy. I can't do life with them. Yes. Do you remember when you read the scriptures? It was the messy feet of his disciples that Jesus chose to wash. When you get involved in working with people, you get into messy places with people. The messy struggle, the messy life. That's what we call to serve. Young people listening to me, listen this year, let's make it a commitment in our life that I'm called to serve and I will serve no matter what. Serve the body of Christ. Serve the people who are hurting. Be a voice to the voiceless. We can do it the way Christ has modeled, Christ has showed us. It's dirty, it's messy. Jesus walked around with people who were culturally an outcast. Jesus walked around and ministered with people where he knew that if he hangs around with them for too long, his name will be tarnished forever. He did not care about his personal image. He cared about the image of the others that God has already made in the likeness of him. 
He said, you know what? I'm going to leave all of that in heaven. I'm going to step down into the mighty clay where people are at and pick them up from the mighty clay. Put them up on the rock to stay for ages. I am the rock of ages and this is my church. I will build my church and the gates of hell will never, shall never, will ever prevail over God's house. My house shall be known as a house of service. A house of service. What is that area that you want to serve? What is that place that you say, Pastor, you know what? That area, I want to take over it. We have a beautiful ministry happening at Frisco Service. Pastor, I want to commit to that ministry. I want to serve in that house. I said, maybe a doorkeeper. Maybe just clean up. I want to serve in that area. Pastor, they, you know, we, we did some youth events a couple of weeks and some of the parents came and like, Pastor, you know, I'm worried about my children. Me too, I'm worried about the, our children. Can we do a serve, serve team? Can we put a team together? Serve our little children? That they grow in the knowledge of Christ? It takes effort. It takes time. It takes sacrifices. What is that one area where you want to serve? Pastor, I'm doing enough. Yeah, if you think you're doing enough, then good for you, brother. No, I can do something else. Pastor, I want to do it. Let's do it. God's house is known as a house of service. Can I have the worship team behind me? Listen, we all want to rise up. And I pray that wherever people are in the journey of life, that you will always rise up in ranks. That you join as a, in, a, in any company, you join in any company as a, you know, a startup worker, you, you entry-level worker. And I pray that you will never remain there. To remain there, you are very complacent in that and you're very satisfied. But God wants you to rule, increase and let that, that mindset of increase come in you. And I want people to rise up in that authority. Pastor, my yearly turnover in my business was $20,000. I pray you will have the mindset of Christ. There will be a mindset of increase in the name of Jesus. From $20,000 next day, it should be $40,000. From $40,000, it should be $80,000. Let there be double and multiplication in every area of your life. Are you with me, church? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But listen, the way we rise up in God's house is by lifting other people up. The way we rise up is by lifting people up. The story of a good Samaritan, everybody knows. Everybody knows the story of a good Samaritan. A man was walking from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was attacked by the robbers, stripped naked, beaten up. All his wealth and everything taken away. Put to death in the corner of the road. But the first person to walk by was a Levite. Somebody who's called and appointed by the church to take care of the people who are hurt and broken and needy. The Levite walks by. Bible says he looks at the man who is stripped naked on the road. And he walks on the other side of the road. It messes with my theology and understanding. A Levite who's chosen and appointed by God to serve his people. Looks at the man and he walks away. He's like, I have nothing to do with this guy. I'm very busy in my work. Brother and sister, stop your busyness. Work in God's house. There are areas where only you can work. There are places where only you can influence. There are areas where only your light can take the darkness away. The Levite just walked by. Then came the next man. Who's the next person? Who's the next person? The priest. The priest walks by. 
he too sees the man and walks on the other side messes with my understanding he's the pastor called to serve he's a priest anointed and appointed to serve he sees the man and he walks on the other side of the road I pray that's my fear I pray we will not be like the Levite we will not be like that pastor or the priest the Bible says a Samaritan walks on the same road a Samaritan man Jewish people hated the Samaritans they had nothing to do with anybody from Samaria they hated him they bullied them they kicked them out the Samaritans could not drink from the same well that Israelites were using the cattle could not graze in the same field they were hated by everybody but a Samaritan chose to walk that same road he showed them and Bible doesn't say he was a Jewish man but he was walking from Jerusalem too he doesn't see look into his identity whatever the Samaritan man he sees he goes he lifts him up the way you rise up is by lifting people down we live in a society we live in a community we live in a culture today where the only way we can lift ourselves up is by pushing and trampling people down the only way the only way I can rise up is by pushing somebody down and standing up on them so that that gives me an elevated position brother sister that's not the bible way the way you rise up in God's house is by pulling people up what are you doing today I'm just asking this question what are we doing today who is that one person that you're praying for who is that one family that you're praying for I know there are there are ladies in our church who have written down the names of some of their family members and they said pastor every Sunday every time I go to God's house I pray for these people God give me an opportunity to minister to them I'm asking my church today who is that one person you're ministering to you're serving intentionally serving that you showcase the gospel of love in their life for God so loved the world that he did not just keep himself to the heavens but he chose to strip his royalty down come down the way you lift people up is by the way you rise up is by lifting people up pastor they are messing yes they are sometimes you have to get into the messiness of their life be a support system to them their life because all of us be part of God's house Matthew chapter 25 verse 23 listen to this very carefully I don't want to rush through this Matthew chapter 25 verse 23 I want this to be a reminder and a challenge to all of us when we meet Jesus face to face in other words brothers sisters when we die do not be afraid of death death is a new beginning a life in Christ when we die Matthew 25 verse 23 should be the anthem of our life where we are standing that should be the foundation of everything that we do you know what Bible says well done good and faithful what's the word? servant well done good 
and faithful servant. Well done, my pastor. Oh, you love thousands of people. No, I want to hear. Well done, faithful servant. In the areas God has entrusted me. If you're a young family listening to me, listen. Find a place where you can serve. Pastor, I'm just figuring my life out. I'm just figuring my, my marriage out. The way you figure that out is by serving in God's house. Both come together in the understanding. I want to pray for that family. I want to pray for that individual. Take this as a challenge. Matthew 25 verse 23. Well done, good and faithful servant. I want to hear that. I want to hear that from my master. Can we all rise up in God's house? I want to hear that from my master. My church is passionate about the things of God. My church is the house of prayer. My church is called to serve. Three things. My church is passionate about the things of God. My church is a prayer house. My church is called to serve.